Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Dan McLaughlin and for Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker, great to have you with us. And always great to go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and visit with our friend, native St. Louis and product of the Lindenwood University. Dan is, I am, and so is Greg Amzinger of MLB Network. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I got a uh, report that there's, uh, there's optimism, fellas. Optimism from my guys inside the room that, they're agreeing on things. There are things that they didn't assume at this time on the calendar the other side would be willing to bend, and there's, there's back and forth. So what I can report is there's optimism. I'm not saying there's going to be a deal done anytime soon, but they're, they're feeling much better about this current situation of this lockout than they did a week ago. I, I would think maybe, Greg, they're, they're agreeing on some of the – secondary stuff but still the the really hard economic issues have to be met head on and that's where it's gonna get ah get your popcorn ready i guess huh yeah i think the number one sticking point more than likely is the minimum salary because the majority of players as you guys know make the minimum salary that that's a large number of humans so for the owners to just raise two hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollar plus per player might not sound like a lot in the grand spectrum of things when you're looking at Max Scherzer getting a three-year deal for $130 million. But for what they look at and their budgets and their operating costs, that is a ridiculous amount of money. So they're going to continue to go back. I, I, I hope there is a meeting point on that one particular issue because if that is make or break, it, it could last a while. Greg, obviously neither team, neither side has the appetite to – not play games. Both sides want 162. Two years ago during the COVID shutdown, players wanted to play as many games as they could possibly play. Who do you think is under more pressure to get those 162 in? Is it the owners or the players? I think the players have more pressure. Uh, the salaries are very high now. I mean, there are guys that are going to be making, you know, $7 million a check. I mean, that's how crazy it is uh, in terms of the salaries, which is good for the players. Obviously, you want them to make uh, the most money possible. The thing about uh, the economics of baseball, the, the owners don't make as much of a profit in the first month of the regular season as people think. We, we view the month of April as uh, opening day, packed house, all the pageantry. It's like that all the time in the month of April. No, it actually is not. Guys, are, kids are still in school. Weather's terrible. A lot of delays, rainouts, things like that. So that first month, uh, isn't exactly the cash cow. Therefore, the incentive for the owners wouldn't exactly be there. Um, that said, obviously, the image of it is terrible. No one wants to delay opening day at all. Uh, but from my own personal perspective, as I look at things, um, the, the shock appeal of having a delayed start to a season isn't what it used to be. It isn't what it was in 1994. Uh, we just got done with the 60-game pandemic <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, truncated season. So that's fresh on people's minds. And I think a lot of baseball fans will go, well, even if we play 130 or 140 games, at least it's not 60. 
And I think the owners have that in the back of their mind. Like, well, it's not as much of a shock to the fan base. So I'm hoping that none of that stuff is real and, and they're really uh, driven to 162. But to answer your question, I think it means more to the players to get a full 162 games. You think we go to 154 or 144 moving forward? I know they're even prior to all this stuff, there was some talk that uh, maybe some felt that the season was anyway, you know, in some regards too long. And this was even without expanded playoffs, just to shorten up the season a little bit. Well, what you said was the magic word, the, the expanded playoffs. I yeah. think that is a, a huge target for the owners. They want more teams in the playoffs, more TV revenue because those playoff games will be purchased. And, yeah, I think if they're gonna, the, the expanded postseason, I would be shocked if there was an expanded postseason in this new collective bargaining agreement. And with that, there's like a give and take. Uh, I think 154 games would make sense just because of the extended season for a lot of these uh, playoff teams, and there'll be more of them. So the the owners want more revenue. I think the players want a better uh, way of life in the summer. And if you're going to have some of the best teams playing on Sunday night baseball, and that, that, that already throws a wrench into their, their way of life, now they're going to be playing an extra week of playoff games. I think 154 games might be on the horizon. Great game, Singer MLB Network with us on 101 ESPN. Uh, by the way, ESPN turned out their top 100 players of all time. Greg, Albert Pujols is listed at number 30. I want you to listen and pick out one or two egregious right-handed hitters if you think there is an argument for one of these hitters against Albert. So I'm going to give you the right-handed hitters on the list that are ahead of Albert, who's at number 30. Mays, Aaron, Hannes Wagner, Trout, Mike Schmidt, Frank Robinson, Hornsby, Ricky Henderson, he had a different skill set. It wasn't because he was a right-handed hitter, obviously. A-Rod, Jeter, obviously in there for a different reason. Bench, and then Albert. Are there any of the right-handed hitters in there that you think, okay, Albert should absolutely be ahead of that guy? Uh, I mean, to me, I'm sorry, but he's got to be ahead of Derek Jeter. Uh, Derek Jeter is the winner, and and we like to brand guys as the winner. But are you telling me if Derek Jeter wasn't the starting shortstop of the New York Yankees that they wouldn't have won all those championships? Uh, honest to God, honestly, honestly. I, great player, Hall of Famer. I get it. But if you took another all-star player, another all-star shortstop, and put him to Albert Pujols in the best first 11 seasons, you couldn't start a career better than Albert Pujols did. Second to that would probably be what Mike Trout has done. Um, I, 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 Man, I'm sorry. I have a hard time with that. Uh, Ricky Henderson, obviously, is the overall speedster, like you said. Uh, but the rest of those guys. Pretty good, huh? I mean, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good list. I hate the fact that A-Rod's in front of him. I mean, I'm sorry. Right. I, that bothers me. It really does. But ESPN is uh, taking a different approach when it comes to the way they view those kind of players. But, yeah, it, it's pretty close. But I would put Albert Pulse in front of Derek Jeter. Yeah, if a guy's on your payroll, you probably got to put him up. At number 26, right? That, that's, just, that, that, that's part of the deal. By the way, Joe Posnanski did a book, a great book, and he spent 10 years writing it. He's got Albert at number 23 of the all-time players. And I, I, I don't disagree with either of these approaches or either of these lists because they're all very, very subjective. But I, I agree with you. Albert Pujols was clearly a better player than Derek Jeter. Now, Albert Pujols carried a franchise for his 11 years here that went to three World Series, won a pair of them. And, Greg, when you look at Jeter, your argument is strong. The old one, well, what happens if he's taken by the Houston Astros? I think that's as legit. 
100%. And no joke, I've had a chance to meet, hang out with Derek Jeter a couple times. Derek Jeter would agree with us. Derek Jeter would agree with us. He understood what it took to win. He knew who the great players were. And obviously he's assessing talent now with the Marlins. Albert Pujols breathed different air, and all the players knew it. He was special. And for him to be such a marked man and be that consistent for the first 11 years, you're playing like a first ballot unanimous Hall of Famer from Jump Street all the way until the end uh, in St. Louis. It was crazy what happened after he left St. Louis, which I think has rebranded him a bit. Uh, Derek Jeter did kind of, you know, uh, whitewash his own history by not being even a league average shortstop for the last three or four years of his career. But people are still branded by the pinstripes, branded by the world championships, him pumping his fist, the movie ending to his last at bat at Yankee Stadium. He had more famous moments. But I, I'm with you, man. I think Albert Pujols, I, it's, it, you're hard-pressed to find someone as a pure hitter. These lists are all about players. But when it came to, if it comes to pure hitters, where would he be on that list? I think he'd be a top ten. You know, Greg, I don't know how many guys are still left unsigned uh, currently among the, the Players Association, but I, I started thinking about visas for guys that live out of the country, unsigned players, DH getting in play. I mean, there is so much business and red tape to cut through to get this thing going. It's it's going to be kind of the wild, wild west, which could be fun like we had right before the deadline of the, uh, the, the lockout. Uh, it, it could be even faster and even more frantic than what we saw right before the lockout, Dan. Matter of fact, I think I'm expecting that to happen. I know front offices are in waiting mode and they're ready to pounce. Like they're all working now with a plan of attack right when they get the green light because they're competing against each other in this short amount of time that we've, we've never seen before uh, to hurry up and get an opening day, which I think is going to happen. I, I still think we're going to have a truncated spring training mid-March, that will push, maybe push opening day back a little bit. All this talk of May 1st being opening day, I'm not buying that. I'm not. So I think they're going to try try to race to get this thing done uh, in terms of signing and and, and adjusting the rosters and getting all the guys here uh, to Arizona and to Florida. It's going to be a mess, the logistics of it. Anybody that says, I want to work in a front office, someone needs to (laughs) get a camera crew, okay, and do a documentary on what, we'll use the Cardinals front office, for example, what it actually takes in a situation like this, as abnormal as it is, I will obviously admit that, very abnormal, but if you work in a baseball front office, let's see how much any of these people sleep for the first two weeks after the lockout. It's going to be wall-to-wall. Finally, Greg, you're talking to three gamers today, Matt Rocchio, Danny Mack, and I. We're expecting three to five more inches of snow here before noon today. Winds gusting as high as 35 miles an hour. I send you a picture. You'll see it when we get off the phone here. But the fact that we are here is a tribute to us. <laughs> you know what? Let me tell you something. I, this, is, this is the number one thing I learned while I was at Lindenwood University. If you think you're good, make sure you pat yourself on the back and let everyone else know how good you are. And it has worked for all three of us. So you're absolutely right, Randy. You guys are awesome. I agree with how awesome you say you are. <laughs> you're the best. It's really Thanks. hard getting in here, and we made it. And, we're here. You know. we're here. And uh, we, we love to hear that positivity, the optimism coming from the talks. Greg, thanks so much. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Take care. See you, man. Greg Amzinger, MLB Network, um, 101 ESPN. 
Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.